Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, this week, Bobby, we're heading to the edge of Bronzeville and Brewers Hill, kind of right where those two meet, for a look at this historic church that dates back to the 1880s. The congregation itself goes even earlier than that. We're you know, really talking about like the formation of Milwaukee period here. This is the former Second German Methodist slash New Holy Ghost Tabernacle Church. This church has been sold. It's going to be redeveloped into something new. And Bobby, the, uh, the sale just looks like it went through, huh? Uh, yeah, so Ryan Petty, who is the developer, has bought this church. He's been looking for a property to buy in that neighborhood for about a year and a half. And he met the pastor of this church and they came to an agreement. And the pastor is taking his congregation to a smaller building, which will hopefully be a sort of a right sizing for them. And the developer is looking at ways that he can develop the building. He's not looking to tear it down, he's looking to find a new use for this building. And in the meantime, and maybe permanently there is a daycare in the lower level and they are going to stay. So that's what the situation looks like right now. And in our complete podcast at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast, we dig into you know what this means to have this historic church change hands in a neighborhood. We also talk more about kind of the neighborhood church in Milwaukee and how we've seen those change. And certainly a lot of these churches in Milwaukee exist and it's uh, something unique to our city, I would say. So we dig into kind of that overall picture, but also the future of this building, you know, as you mentioned, could be a music venue, could be um, the daycare is going to stay. Plans are not final yet, so we don't really know where this is heading. Yeah, and I don't think he knows. I mean, he's definitely looking at all of the different potential options, and he's looking for interest from the neighborhood and from potential tenants for what they would like to see there as well. So he's not basically just saying it's going to be this and you're going to love it. We'll stick around for our extended conversation. We're going to go inside this building, which has tons of really cool architecture. It's a Gothic revival style. So cool architecture from way back when. And then, of course, a lot of discussion about the future. That's coming up next on Urban Spelunking. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. Hey, Radio Milwaukee family, you tune in to us and now we want to tune in to you. From now until February 17th, we'd love for you to spend a few minutes taking our listener survey. Your responses will let us know what you dig about what we're currently doing and give us feedback on how to make it even better. As an added incentive, all complete responses are entered to win a $150 gift card to Black Shoe Hospitality Restaurant. You can find our survey online at Radio Milwaukee or hyphen.org. So we're back on Urban Spelunking, and let's take a deep dive here. This is a really old church. I mean, it goes back to 1887. And of course, you know, the Gothic Revival architecture is notable. Let's go back to the 1880s. Um, How did this church get started? Yes. So this congregation was formed as the Second German Methodist Episcopal Church, which was, as you might guess, an offshoot of the First German Methodist (laughs) Episcopal Church. Um, Makes sense, yeah. And it had a location already nearby on King Drive, 
which was Third Street at the time. And they were doing really well. It was a huge German neighborhood, lots of church members. So they raised money with the help of the First German Methodist Church's pastor to build a building across the street on Third and Lloyd in 1865. And they were there for a while, but the church just kept growing and it was doing better and better. And so then they had the money to build this even bigger, nicer church nearby on 2nd and Garfield. And um, that's the church we're talking about today. And I guess to put this in the perspective of the formation of Milwaukee. So Milwaukee officially was founded in 1846. So this was right at the very beginning. I mean, 1860s, right, was the precursor for this church? Yeah, 1862. So that neighborhood was already starting to attract the newly arriving German immigrants. And, you know, there was a lot of churches opening in the neighborhood. And this was one of them. So let's talk about the architecture, Gothic revival. Um, To me, this looks like a Batman movie almost, like Gotham City. You know, you feel that history. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Gothic architecture is basically what we think of when we think of churches for the most part, right? I mean, the sort of pointed windows, lots of spires, that kind of thing, you know, Notre Dame. um, Yes. These different kinds of really familiar elements that we, I think, generally sort of associate as being churchy. And that's exactly what this is. And I wasn't able to figure out who the original architect was, which was a goal of mine. But I did find out some history of the building and I found some blueprints from an early renovation of the church in the 30s, which was pretty nice. Milwaukee has tons of these beautiful churches that nobody ever really, I mean, we think about all sort of the well-known ones like Jesu Church at Marquette and St. John's, you know, at Cathedral Square Park and just these well-known Milwaukee churches. All these other ones that fly under the radar that are sort of more neighborhood churches, but that were still really beautiful inside. And this one has really nice wooden arches inside and like a really quirky ceiling arrangement that made for some really interesting photos, I think. And so I'm always fascinated by these neighborhood churches because there were so many and and the congregations obviously worked hard to raise money to build their own sort of beautiful buildings. So with the church being located near the Brewers Hill neighborhood, Bronzeville, we're talking uh, 140 Garfield. You know, I think there's this idea that a lot of these neighborhood churches are on the south side of Milwaukee or Walker's Point. I remember reading John Goethe's book, Milwaukee City of Neighborhoods, and he talked about, you know, looking over the south side from the Hone Bridge, and he used the phrase, a thicket of steeples, which I thought was that just stuck with me, like a really uh, poignant, beautiful image. But it's not just the south side, and this shows you that these neighborhood churches are all over Milwaukee, and it goes back to the very founding of the city. Oh, yeah, they are literally all over the north side. You see them even on the west side. But, you know, if you're driving up 43 north, well, you shouldn't do it while you're driving. But when somebody else is driving you up 43, I mean, if you look on either side, there's even churches all along both sides of the freeway over there. So, yeah, this church, which is technically in the Brewers Hill Historic District, is also effectively in Bronzeville. I mean, what we think of Bronzeville, right? It's like right on the next corner from G's Clippers. When you step out the front door of this church, you'll be looking directly at the um, old Schuster's Gimbals building that's being renovated right now into that Thrive-On collaborative. So this is really right in the heart of the sort of burgeoning Bronzeville neighborhood at the moment. Going back to when it was Second German Methodist, I like that you explored in the article about how there was some pressure on the church to move and change and evolve as the neighborhood itself was changing. But the church took the really the total opposite approach and remain rooted in that building with that same mission. Well, yeah. And I think that's really interesting to me because what I found was that in the 50s, a lot of those churches were leaving. Those congregations were leaving for the suburbs for like 
other neighborhoods mm-hmm. further out as yeah. as the ethnic makeup of the neighborhood changed. But these guys just said, no, we're going to stay here and still minister to the neighborhood regardless of who lives in that neighborhood, you know. And it reminds me of when I went to St. John's Church on uh, 8th and Vliet, which had closed for a little while because there were very few members. And, you know, some of the people who were trying to get it going again said that, frankly, part of the problem with their church was that for years it didn't minister to the neighborhood, you know, like it didn't welcome the neighborhood. It basically tried to just keep going with the aging members of the families that had lived in the neighborhood decades earlier, you know, and that that was their downfall, that they should have taken the more welcoming approach of opening the doors and welcoming in everybody from the neighborhood. And that's what you should do as a church. And that's how you would continue to thrive as a church, as a neighborhood church. Yeah. Which has become increasingly more difficult as the years have gone on. And this church obviously is being redeveloped to another use, but there's a lot of history that came between second German Methodist and a lot of staying power. I mean, they were there for a long time. How did it become new Holy Ghost Tabernacle Church? Yeah. So they were there until the early seventies. And then it was... So that's like 100 years or more, right? Yeah. They were in that neighborhood for more than 100 years. Yeah. It ended up closing and the building was then occupied by a number of different missionary Baptist churches. And for a while, it was home to Northcott Neighborhood House, which ran a full year early childhood Head Start program in the building. And there's actually still a daycare in the building now in the lower level. And worth mentioning, too, that Northcott Neighborhood House, you know, they've got a, their own standalone location. And they also organized the annual Juneteenth celebration. So yes. really plugged into the community. Yes. So this building is tied to them, which is an important organization. And then since like the late 80s, it had been home to New Holy Ghost Tabernacle Church. And they've been there for more than 30 years now. So they've got their own long history in there. But they needed to downsize, I guess, basically. And part of the problem with these old churches, and we discussed this last year when we talked about another Methodist church downtown, is that these buildings are old. They require a lot of maintenance and upkeep, and they're expensive. And, you know, if you have a congregation that is not large, it's nearly impossible to fund these kinds of buildings. So this church is not closing down. It's just moving to a smaller location and selling this building. And I'm sure that brings up some bittersweet feelings, right, for the congregation. I know you reached out to the pastor in this case and didn't get a reply. But when we've talked about other churches, you know, it is difficult to leave that home base, I'm sure. But also, I suppose, better than having to close outright. Right. Well, and you have to figure if they've been there more than 30 years, there's church members who've grown up in that church, right? So, I mean, yeah. that's got to mean a lot to them. So, yeah, I'm sure it's difficult. And maybe that's why I didn't hear back. Maybe he just didn't feel like talking about it. It's just a, a sad moment for them. But it's going to be an interesting moment for the neighborhood now because it's been bought by a developer who has no intention of tearing down the church. Don't worry. He's looking at different potential uses for it. And he's pretty much wide open to ideas. You know, he's willing to listen to anybody who wants to come in and has an idea for the place. He has dreams of his own for the space, but it remains to be seen whether or not those will happen. Let's talk about this developer. His name is Ryan Petty. Yeah, and he has buildings all over the city. He's got some properties on the east side. He's got properties around Mitchell Street. Oh, he even bought the full block on North Avenue, 
where the RCs used to be, where the old on Milwaukee office used to be. And we actually talked. Oh about yeah. Yeah. We talked about history. that. And he's building yeah. an apartment development there. So he's worked with other historic buildings before, right? I mean, this oh, is absolutely. Not his first. Yeah, yeah. He loves these places. He's definitely not eager to tear places down if he can not do that. And he thinks this would be a perfect space for a music venue, which mm. of course makes sense because it is laid that. I mean, when you're in a church, it is just like sort of being in a club, isn't it? In terms of layout. There's an altar, which is like a stage. There's a balcony. There's, you know what I mean? It definitely has a, a layout suited to that sort of thing. Whether or not that would happen, we don't know. He would have to find a partner that was willing to run that. He's not in the business of running music venues. <laughs> what he's been doing in the meantime is working with an architectural firm that's been doing some research for him about what sorts of things the zoning code will allow him to do easily what sorts of things a zoning code would allow him to do with a little bit of finagling and work and what sorts of things the zoning code would just not allow him to do at all. So he's definitely in sort of like a discovery phase at the moment. So when you report on stories like this, Bobby, you know, as an architecture lover and as a history lover, do you feel any sadness at all seeing, you know, this chapter end and this new chapter begin without a concrete plan? I'm just trying to like empathize or picture what the congregation must be feeling or might be feeling to see, you know, potentially their home of 30 years be turned into a music venue. You know, I, I'd imagine there's varying levels of support for that. But just as a reporter, I mean, I know your job is to be impartial, but I know you also love this stuff. So how do you justify those things or how do you rectify those things? I guess in a building like this, my first concern is that it survives. You know, I would love for it to stay, to continue in its original use. That would be great. But the reality of it is what it is. And again, this is something we talked about really in depth last year about how, you know, a lot of churches are facing this issue where you know, if they don't do something, their building is going to come down around them, you know, yeah. and they just feel sort of helpless in this. And there's very limited resources for a church to go to, to say, hey, you know, our roof is falling in. What do we do? So luckily, this building is not at that stage, but you could see how it could get to that stage if the congregation can't afford to keep it going. Maybe one part of the story that's easy to ignore is that the church listed the building for sale, right? I mean, they oh, yeah, recognize yeah. that they're not in a position to sustain this anymore. Absolutely. This was not a hostile takeover sort of situation. He didn't buy it out from under them or something. He literally bought it from them. So they were obviously willing to sell it. You know, it wasn't not a tax foreclosure where they lost the building or something like that. They're selling the building and using that money to buy a smaller building which hopefully for them is right-sizing in a way that's sustainable for them, which in that case, I guess, is a win-win, right? Because they'll get a new home that is yeah, right? yeah, more well, suited definitely. to them. And hopefully the neighborhood will get something that will be useful. It may be a music club. It may not be a music club. The daycare is still there, and he has no intention of evicting the daycare. He's happy to have the daycare in there, and he's happy to let them stay. I mean – He's willing to make it residential. He's willing to make it office. He's willing to make it another church. If a church wanted to come and rent it from him, he's willing to make it a music venue. He's, you know what I mean? There's just all these things. He's definitely got sort of a, an open-minded approach to what will happen there. So I think it's a little, it would be a little soon for anybody to be too panicky about what's going to happen there. Yeah. I think that context is important. And, you know, thinking about, you know, the history, it's complicated. Any Anytime a building is there that long and you've got the support from the community, I mean, even in its present chapter or most recent chapter as a congregation that had 30 years of history, change is hard and it can be, you know, it's just a lot of complicated emotions. But thinking about it, you know, from a factual standpoint that this could end up being best for all. 
Oh, yeah, and I get it. I mean, even and regardless of whether or not it's the best situation, I'm sure that the members of the church, or at least some of the members of the church, are sad about it, right? I mean, because as we said earlier, you know, some of them probably grew up there. Some of them probably raised their children there. It's been their place for more than three decades. I can see why it would be a sad day the day they hand the keys over. And so just getting at that, and as we wrap up here, did Mr. Petty talk about how they're going to get feedback from the community and find out what the community needs? Um, he has not yet. I don't think he's at that phase. He did talk about, you know, he's going to be doing some work to fix the building in the short term. It needs a new roof. He's going to be doing that kind of work. And then I think he's definitely the kind of guy who will reach out to the community and see what is sort of favored by them. Well, we're going to be following the process. And if you want to take one last look as the church stands as New Holy Ghost Tabernacle Church, you can see pictures from the inside. Um, pretty unique. I mean, obviously, the Gothic architecture we talked about is impressive. But also, it looks like the you know inside, the stained glass windows, the arch ceiling, and that baptismal font. Not really even a font, right? This is like a walk-in bat. What do you call it when it's walk-in? I don't know. Like it's like a, it's like a pool. You walk down steps into this. Literally, it's like a it's a pool. Yeah, you don't see those in every church. So some really cool architectural details. Go to onmilwaukee.com. We've got a link in the description box of whatever player you're using to listen right now. Go find more about the story and, of course, those pictures. Podcasts here at 88.9 are edited by Kiri Salinas. And we'd love to hear your feedback. You can rate and review the podcast. Type in a few words. That's the best. But we'd take a five-star rating as well. Coming up next week, Bobby, we're going to be back in downtown Milwaukee at the former Mecca Convention Center. Right. It's the former site of it, right? Yep. The site of the former convention center and the site of the future convention center. This is another big topic, the, the whole convention center topic in Milwaukee. We'll get into it next week on Urban Spelunking. Talk to you then. Talk to you then.